it's Pokey time! This is What's Your Favorite Pokemon, and then I say something nice about you, hashtag Wiffapatasane, a podcast where we all get to think about Pokemon for a little while and nothing else. I'm Misha Stanton, and I like my candies 75% off the day after Valentine's Day, Easter, or Halloween. <laughs> Eric Silver, welcome to your own podcast! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's Eric Silver, this is your life, they're gonna play all these clips of me, no! Oh, we have some clips, but those will come later. You see, wonderful listeners, today is a special Eric's birthday edition of What's Your Favorite Pokemon, and then I say something nice about you. <laughs> This is so stupid. I like it though. This is going to be great and everyone's going to love it. It's yeah. going to be so cute. Eric Silver, uh, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? <laughs> sure. Uh, hey, I'm Eric Silver. I'm usually the host of this podcast. Uh, not you anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'm also uh, the best DM in podcasting. I enjoy the party. That's true. I've heard that on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are saying it. A lot of people. Everyone's saying it. Yeah. And I'm also. So the uh, the co-host on Tell Me About It, which is a wacky game show about uh, people talking about their favorite things. It's like audio Taskmaster, <laughs> uh, which is a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Incredible. I uh, should really check out some of these podcasts. Yeah, you should. You should try editing two thirds of them. It's, it's really fun. <laughs> it is. You know what, Eric? It is. It is really fun. <laughs> and that's why I'm so excited to be here with you today. Because I also know that you are a diehard Pokey fan. I am. Uh, I do like the Pokemon. They're good. They're good little guys. They're. They truly made a whole like generation spanning franchise out of just making cute little guys. I think about the original 150, and it's like y'all really just decided to make some dudes. <laughs> so uh-huh. Just a fucking. It's like yeah, here's Magmar. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> It's got a butt on its forehead. It's like, oh, you don't like you that? Love it. How about Jigglypuff? Is that good for you? Put you to sleep. It's just Kirby with a microphone. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, I don't know. The really funny thing is if you look at marketing for like really early in Pokemon's life cycle, like really introducing Gen 1 to the States, mm-hmm. uh, Poliwhirl and Poliwrath were really big in the marketing. Yeah, I do remember Poliwhirl being on like a lot of like the the companion like guides yeah. for the game that you could buy at like you know not GameStop because GameStop wasn't like a, the monopoly that it is today, but like your local video game store. Babbage's, Misha Babbage's. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, I, it's funny. I saw I follow a lot of Pokemon Twitters, and like they showed a bunch <laughs> of like I think like on the Pokemon Mac and Cheese, one of them was Poliwhirl. Um, I think on some guides, as you said, it's also Poliwhirl. They really were pushing it. I find that deeply funny. Is that because Japan loves frogs? I guess so. I think that they they decided to put it forward, yeah. I mean, is that they, they can't be any water frog, two-footed water frog cannot be more popular than electric mouse. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, who know? Who knew? Well, nothing could beat electric mouse because electric mouse was the main character of the anime like you just you can't beat that no they i think they knew that because that's why electric is so op they're like oh we got to make sure pikachu's really powerful yeah that's fine yeah absolutely so uh eric tell us a little bit about your relationship to pokemon throughout your life 
<laughs> oh, that's what was the... your first Pokemon games? My first Pokemon game was Pokemon Red. For those of you who don't know, I am a twin. I have a twin brother. Hi, Tyler, wherever you are. And it's also his birthday, so he's also gets to celebrate this. Happy birthday, Tyler. Good job, Tyler. Um, you did it. You were born. <laughs> so we got a lot of stuff at the same time, especially Pokemon games. So I had Red and he had Blue. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we continued that all through the like tra- quote-unquote traditional uh, Game Boy series like we went up to we had a game boy advance we had a game boy sp um so we went up to ruby sapphire is one that i really remember and i think about the time we went to high school and college like the 3ds was for kids Mm -hmm. and i want to say this as nicely as possible they were for kids who like were into anime when no one knew what that was it's sure. like, hey, it's 2005. I have a sticker of like my otaku <laughs> on my 3DS. And I'm like, that kid is a dork. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, we never got into the 3DS. It felt like, like the 3DS was decidedly not cool in a way that like the Game Boy Advance, or at least the Game Boy was. It's like, oh, gamers, you can play whenever you want. That's true. It's also kind of the first time where I was like, oh, Nintendo people are like into Nintendo. Yes. Like exclusively. Like you had, like the 3DS was for hardcore Nintendo fans. Right. Especially because everybody else was playing like Halo or yeah. um, I'm trying to think of the stuff. We were in a PlayStation household, so I'm trying to think of the stuff on there. No one was playing it because everyone was playing Halo. Yeah, everyone was playing Halo. That's true. It's like, I guess you, if you're a weirdo, you were playing the original God of War series or like Final Fantasy. But no, nah, everyone was just playing Halo. Uh, uh, and we were we had an Xbox, so we actually I had a GameCube, but I never had a Wii. That was like mm-hmm. when my dad and my mom split up when we were ten, and then when my dad had new kids, they had a Wii and a Wii U because they were younger. So it's oh. like it was very much like a younger thing. I feel like the, it was like a real family thing. So I didn't really yeah. get back into video games outside of the broy ones. Until the Switch, where I bought it, and now and then I got a gamer PC, and then I got back into playing the Pokemon games with Sword and Shield, and then started getting into like the world building, as you see with the various contents that I have have out here. Yeah. So here's my question. uh, Follow up to this. Sure. When. I also uh, played the first three generations, loved Ruby and Sapphire, especially Fire Red and Leaf Green. Oh, my jam. Mm. Um, But specifically, I also didn't have a DS or a 3DS, and my younger brother had one. Uh, So I also saw them as, like, not for me quite so much. So I pivoted hard to Ruby Sapphire ROM hacks. Did you ever play any of those? No. See, we, like, for such a long time, I think my dad wanted to make it seem like he knew the most about computers. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. We had Windows, and, like, we had PCs at our house. But, like, it was never to a point where, like, I was downloading stuff. I think my brother was also doing that. We also got into, like, MMOs at that time. Like, we played a lot of Guild Wars at the time, and my brother was the one who, like, found Torrents, and he was the one who, oh, like, gotcha. knew how to do that stuff. So I really didn't. Um, okay. So, no, the the ro- now I'm into ROM hacks. That's something that I watch all the time. I love watching streamers get into it. Like, I follow a, a really, really popular Nuzlocker uh, who's very talented, and it's fun watching him, like, take these incredibly difficult ROM hacks apart. So, like, now I'm into to it now now i get the strats yeah. i'm just like not necessarily doing it like i've played nuzlocke before but i'm just not as i, I get too oh. impatient with the battle system i just like pokemon as a whole yeah i agree i have never done a nuzlocke do you have a, a favorite buddy from your nuzlocke run oh man 
No, I I definitely did a Nuzlocke on Sword and Shield at some point. Because um, you were an adult. Right, because I'm an, I'm an adult. Uh, but, you know, I also, I played Platinum for the first time on, on like, Open EMU, but I was doing it for a podcast, and they didn't tell me, and they were like, oh, yeah, if you want to come on this podcast, just, like, play through, like, uh, three quarters of Platinum so you can come on and talk about one section. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just going to have to do this as fast as possible because I already said it. So it's like that. Yeah. I have such a bad taste in my mouth <laughs> from, from yeah, that. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's uh, slam this Pokemon game for my podcast. What an ass. I know. It's like, uh, hey, oh, yeah. I, I assume <laughs> you've been playing along with us as we've been playing. Just hop on and uh, we, as we're five eighths through it. I was also like playing. Geez. I was playing Platinum, but they were playing Pearl and they never told me. Oh, those are two different games. One comes after the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, one is much different than the other. And I'm like, all right, great. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Even if you had played like Diamond, it would have been closer. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I'm coming to Pokemon so much as an adult, like dealing with adult problems and like trying to challenge myself with these artificial stuff. So I feel like I consume a lot of Pokemon content and I talk about it a lot. But playing the games themselves, I mean, listen, I also played Scarlet and Violet like everybody else. But there always comes to a point in like the late, late game where it just becomes too hard because something I've done in my game constru- in my team construction doesn't jive directly with the one thing you can do. For those of you who played yeah. Scarlet and Violet, it's that wild shit at the end of the end game. And the same thing, the final boss fight in Sword and Shield against your final rival. I my team composition wasn't right for whatever they were trying to do. And it's like you push through the entire game because it's for children. Yeah. And then you come up there and they're like, no, you fucked up. No, no, no. You can't finish this. No, there was only one way to play this game, child. Didn't you know that? Didn't you predict that three gyms ago? You don't have all poison types. That's really weird that you don't. Oh, you forgot to add a fire type in the mid game when we only provided one on that one route and its rarity was like 3%. My yeah. bad. Get oh, good. Oh, you have a dragon, but it's only dragon type? Oh, well, I have an ice type that's good for this. Oh, but ice is bad for everyone else other than the AI? Oh, okay. Well, that's you can just go fuck yourself. Ice is definitely the computer's favorite Pokemon type for sure. And it always works for them. It never works for me. Yeah. Uh, truly. Uh, Eric, you are currently hanging out in the Multitudio. I am. Uh, in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Uh, but do you happen to have any Pokemon merch within arm's reach of you right now? Oh, man, not within arm's reach of me. I should have prepared for this. Okay, we'll open it up to the the rest of the Multitudio. Is there any Pokemon merch in the Multitudio? Oh, 100%. Hold on, let me go get it. Yeah, go. This is the part of the podcast where Eric fully left the recording booth so I can tell you how much I love him and uh, what a joy it is to work for and with him every day. And, uh, yeah, okay, he's coming back. And uh, we'll say more nice stuff about him later. Okay, so I measured it out. We do have a bunch okay. of, of Pokemon stuff here in the studio. But I think the closest thing is at my desk where I have a uh, a Snorlax <laughs> that's oh, made yeah. out of Onyx. <laughs> what? <laughs> or it's uh, or sorry, it's made out of Obsidian. That's uh, because awesome. <laughs> um, as a millennial, I have friends who are into crystals. Sure. And they sent me an Etsy shop that made <laughs> crystals that were cut into Pokemon. And, like, I don't necessarily believe in crystals, but it sure is cool having an obsidian Snorlax for to, to protect me from negative thoughts. That's amazing. Also, like, as one of the tenets of your altar, you chose sleep and sleepiness, and I really appreciate that. 
Yeah, so he just hangs out to me, to me and reminds me to have a uh, to like do belly drum and have high defense and just like remember uh, remember to take a rest. Uh, belly drum, shockingly good move. Uh, shout out to all of the people who physically are able to do it. Yeah, shout out to belly drum and all my belly drum boys out there. Belly drum boys. <laughs> all right, Eric, it's that time of the podcast. Who's your favorite Pokemon? You know, it's funny. I knew this was coming, and I still gave two Pokemon. <laughs> so, That's okay. But I, I, do, I truly do not think I love more than the other. Like, neither of them are perfect. I feel like I need both of them at the same time. So my two favorite Pokemon are Golurk and Mamoswine. Yeah. Uh, good news, Eric. I prepped both of those. Hooray, great. We'll talk about them both roughly. It's fine. Okay, great. We can do it. Um... So we're going to have to double time a little bit through the Pokemon to do two at once, I think, a little bit. But tell why. Why do you love these things? Yeah. Listen, they, they fill different places in my heart. I think that if I... I want both of them as best friends. They're both big boys. They're both very interesting designs. They're both, like, I don't know, fun to be around. Uh, and they yeah. both have legal guys that they evolve from. And I think that that's also part of it, of knowing you go from a little dude into something, a big, a big lad. Uh, it's something that I love quite a lot. And, of course, like, Golurk is the Jewish golem Pokemon. <laughs> but, of yeah. course, it's the only thing close. It's, it's only close to it. And, um... It's, honestly, I I got some research for you. It's closer than you might think. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. And I like where Golurk comes from. And then Manama Swine also is just, is my ice type boy. And both of them are ground type, which I didn't know about myself until I thought about it. A little, I thought about it for a second that I'm a ground type trainer. You are very grounding. Deep. Thank you. It's the time where we say something nice about you. Um, Earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> also, it does make me think about like the fact that ice is bad unless you pair it with ground like permafrost is really strong you know what i'm saying i do know like there's like. something to that yeah uh would you please describe for us your pokemon as good as possible for the listeners sure i absolutely will okay so mambo swine is a um <laughs> <laughs> okay envision a mammoth yeah but it has like a blue eye mask on a light blue eye mask on and the tusks are giant and they come out of the chest they, oh they don't come out of the mouth they come out of the chest it's like so it's it, on the body on the image it looks like it's coming out of the chest it's like fully okay. right in the center of of the entire height there's I don't know if our audience base is too young to get this reference, but there's Madonna's cone tits, and then there's the mammoth. No, that's tits, good. You know I think people saying? will know what that is. Yeah, that's okay. Fine. Great, good. They're kind of like those, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Golurk, <laughs> Golurk looks like a Roman soldier, except it's made out of iron. It's nine feet tall, and it's spooky because it's ghost type. Yeah. And it has like a big, there's like a big cut around its chest and it has like a, uh, like a weird metallic bandage over yeah, it. Yeah, like a band of metal yeah, holding yeah, yeah. the crack together. Yeah. Uh, well, when did you decide that these wonderful friends were your favorites? See, this is a good question because this is where it comes together, right? It's like, I really yeah. love Mamoswine because one, good boy. Two, I've come around on Swinub as well. I think Pillow Swine look is the most teenage looking ass Pokemon. It's like Ivysaur and <laughs> Mammal Swine look yeah. like they're trying to do kick flips in a gas station parking lot. Yeah, telling their stepdad that they're not their real dad and storming out of the front door. Yeah, for sure. It's like just because you're dating Mammal Swine doesn't mean you're my dad, Steve. <laughs> 
<laughs> and um, I just love, I love that the whole tusk thing is so interesting that it's like made out of ice as well. And I just really love that thing. Also, yeah. I came to find out more about Mammal Spine. Speaking of coming to this as an adult and um, skipping the middle sections, the 3DS sections. Skipping um, the teenage sections, if you will. Truly, truly. Is that like, I, uh, do you ever watch Griffin McElroy's Nuzlocke runs? I have in the past watched Griffin McElroy content. Sure. For those of you who don't know, uh, Griffin McElroy is one of those famous podcasting brothers, but also he was a video producer for Polygon, which is a website that his brother founded. Yeah, in addition to uh, being uh, lots of podcast content, Griffin McElroy also a bunch of video game content. Yes, a lot of video game content. That was also the time when I was working like my terrible jobs, like the one that I met Brandon at when we were working at mm. uh, Terrible Job. Like we were watching a lot of Polygon content. That was like the height of videos coming out of Polygon that were from the McElroys and McElroy adjacent people. I'm not going to lie. I freaking love those Amiibo reviews. I love them. <laughs> I love so them. Funny. The part where he would shove them in his mouth every time got me every time. Yeah. I like seeing him have to do comedy by himself or with like a very limited and not his brother co-host was like wonderful mm. to me. I loved watching yeah. it. And it was definitely a part of this like larger internet constellation. So, and one of this was these Nuzlocke runs that I was super into. And he did a Nuzlocke run of X and Y, which is a game that I never played because it was weird and 3D on the 3DS. Um, yeah. And there was a moment in X and Y where you're transversing some sort of like uh, icy area because this is where you get the ice type Pokemon and it's like snowy and there's a moment where, you, it's where it tells you to bust on through with Mamoswine and then you <laughs> jump on top of a Mamoswine and then you have to and the Mamoswine takes you through like all of this snow and I still remember this moment <laughs> and how funny it was and how delightful it looked riding a Mamoswine that like I, I want this I want to go to there <laughs> you just want to bust on through I want to bust on through with Mamoswine um, and then for Golurk of course like I'm, I'm a sucker for the Jewish golem and everything and everything about the uh, the golem trope. And knowing that there was actually a Pokemon for it was wonderful. And also, um, Golurk is actually uh, combat viable. <laughs> well, Mamoswine, yeah. it kind of really isn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, Golurk, it's, it's nice to have a backup favorite that's actually good. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're really one and one Like, I really like Golurk, and I think that I like Golurk more as, like, a design that's instead of, like, oh, just kind of sort of a, um, a woolly mammoth, but we did, um, something different, uh, with it. Yep. Like, Golurk was actually trying to, like, innovate on some, like, taking, uh, and, you know, Pokemon are all just, like, Japanese yokai. Uh, when they come down to it. So it's nice yeah, seeing it's nice come... to have the Jewish yokai in there. Exactly. Uh, Golurk <laughs> is Jewish yokai. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, I love that. I actually really love that take. I'm going to take that with me after the podcast. Do it. Everyone deserves their own yokai. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to know what inspired your Pokemon? It sounds like you already do know what inspired your Pokemon, but do you want me to tell you anyway? Yeah, please. I, I have a good sense, but like, I definitely, I would love to talk a little bit more about um, Golurk, where Golurk comes from, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mamoswine well, is truly just a mammoth, right? <laughs> well, no, it's a it's a woolly mammoth and a wild boar, like an ancient boar. Oh. Um, uh, in Japanese, its name sure. is uh, Mamu, which is a cross-up of mammoth and boo-boo-boo-boo, which is Japanese for oink-oink. Shout out to the fucking onomatopoeias coming out of Japan. Incredible. There's something also like a little bit like mother bear about Mamoswine. I, I know the gender difference, the, the gender split on this particular Pokemon is 50-50, but it feels motherly. This is a Pokemon where, like, when it's depicted in art, it's caring for its young ones. Yeah. You know, like, th there's a few that are like that. Kangaskhan also comes to mind of, right. like, 
Pokemon that are where one of their primary characteristics is like they are a parent. Yeah. And like I kind of like that. I've always liked that about bears as well, which is my favorite animal. But uh, all of the bear Pokemon are boring and stupid. So <laughs> they're just bears. They're not like fun bear cross ups or anything. No, nothing makes me more mad than Bear Tick, which is in and uh, Cub Chew, Ugh. which are two of the one grossest, but two boring and most obvious Pokemon constructions ever, so I automatically thrown out. I just don't like looking at them. I, I, I truly don't. It it's literally makes me nauseous if I look at a Cub Chew for more than like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on. Uh, do you want to know what inspired Golurk? Uh, yes, I know. I, I did a little bit of research because I didn't know which one you were also preparing, but like there's so interesting that it, like it's not just the golem. It's like all there's like a lot of soldier stuff. There's a lot of soldier stuff. There's it it looks kind of like a Roman soldier. There's references to like terracotta soldiers in the terracotta yeah. army in China. Um there are also like very specific references to one specific filmic appearance of the Golem of Prague. That's so tight. <laughs> Did you know about this? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, so the crack and the, the the band across the crack is a direct reference to the 1950s Czech film known in the U.S. as The Emperor and the Golem, oh. which depicts a clay model of the Golem where that crack and has a band. Like, it was a design choice for that movie and then it got incorporated into Golem lore. That is so cool. I actually didn't know about that at all. Um, the Golem Frog uh, also, I didn't know this, uh, could summon the spirits of the dead to its aid. That's part I didn't of, know also that. Part of I didn't know that either. That's that's wild. Uh, I also think it's so funny that like this was introduced in Unova. I think it was Gen Five, which was ostensibly New York City. It's like, yeah, let's put yeah. the Jewish shit in the New York City place. They, it's they're just coming to meet us where we're at. Right? Yeah, they also <laughs> as a Jew they, in New York City, you have to accept that. Someone I I saw a post, and again, this stuff is just on Reddit, where it's like, hey, did you know that like Jews are the second most popular religious group in New York City? And I'm like. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, wh- as a Drew that grew up near New York City, I I get surprised when that's not true other places. <laughs> Fucking you know true. I mean? That's why I'm not leaving New York State ever. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so hard to get a good bagel here in LA. Um, Fucking true. Absolutely true. I do also just want to shout out all of the Dex entries that like specifically call out how Golurks were created to protect people and Pokemon in ancient times. Like they were spe- they were created. They're an artificial Pokemon. They were created as guardians. Mm. Uh, others mention how it can lose control of itself if the glowing seal on its face is removed uh which is a a, like it's they they took the time to like really incorporate the the golem's actual lore Mm. and like apply it to the pokemon world and and like all of the dex entries mention that ever since its first appearance like it's dex entries are constantly mentioning these two facets and it's like bringing bringing jewish lore to the world in a way that like is kind is like accurate? Yes. Well, I don't want to step on anything anything else of the next section about fun facts about the thing, but I, I have something which is very specific of why I think that is the case. Okay. Hey, it's Eric, and I picked up some snacks for games and feelings. It's a birthday cake for me. <laughs> Honestly, I I really didn't know that this episode was coming. It's incredible. Thank you to Misha and Amanda and everyone who worked on it who pulled this whole thing together. I'm feeling really loved, and I really appreciate that. And I'm going to say that in the mid-roll of this podcast. Uh, Please support the wonderful people who work on this, not just me, but Misha and Amanda 
and the wonderful people in Multitude. Uh, and join the Patreon for Games and Feelings. We are redoubling our efforts on the Patreon feed for exclusive content. Uh, there's over 25 episodes of exclusive pods. Hop on to $5 a month. You get your very special, very own questions portal if you join at the $10 a month tier. And of course, I get to say your name every single time if you join the producer-level patron tier for only $20 a month. And therefore, shout out to producer-level patrons Polly Burge, Kelsey Duffy, and Peyton, who got me even more board games for my birthday. Oh my god, you shouldn't have. Thank you. These look so much fun. If you want to be a part of that, patreon.com slash games and feelings. I think you should listen to the other shows here at the Multitude Podcast Collective. You might really like Pale Blue Pod. Pale Blue Pod is an astronomy podcast for people who are overwhelmed by the universe but want to be its friend. Astrophysicist Dr. Moya McTeer and comedian Corinne Caputo demystify space one topic at a time with open eyes, open arms, and open mouths because they're laughing so much and dropping their jaws at the incredible information. You might not know this, but Moya and Corinne had the same amount of grad school. It's, it was eight years to be a professional comedian. Pretty wild. By the end of each episode, the cosmos will feel a little less ah too scary, a little more ooh, so cool. New episodes every single Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Tavor. Tavor is our favorite place to find craft beer from all over the United States. Tavor does the searching for you, giving you easy access to a wide range of craft beers from across state lines. All you got to do is download the Tavor app to get access to hard to find 100% independent craft beer Build your own custom box of the craft beers you love, or let them do it for you if you just enroll in a subscription box and bing, bang, boom, they'll help you out. The best part is that they'll hold all of your beer for you in the warehouse until you're ready to have it shipped, all for one flat fee. So you can get a beer two months ago, you can get a beer a week ago, you can get a beer two weeks from now, and they'll all be shipped at the same time. They're going to hold on to that beer, even if you don't remember getting it. So download Tavor, T-A-V-O-U-R from the App Store right now and use code GAMESANDFEELINGS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Tavor, where code GAMESANDFEELINGS will get you $10 off your first order of $25 or more. And now, back to the birthday! Okay, you want to you want to move on to the fun facts? We can do fun facts. Sure, yeah. So you want to do uh, Mammoth Swine or Golurk facts first? Let's do Golurk because I the the one that I prepared was that Golurk was designed by James Turner. Eric, Eric, I appreciate you, but this was your birthday present, and you weren't supposed to prep stuff. I wasn't prepping. I was just looking up the Bulbapedia. It's right there. Okay, okay. The I I actually thought this. I was thinking about this, and I have been thinking it for a long time. How the hell did Jewish stuff get into Japanese games. Yeah. Because like, you know, shout out to all the anime and manga designers who love putting crosses <laughs> into their shit just because they think it looks neat. Oh like, fucking shout out. But I, I can see how Japan looks at Christianity is like, look at that weird shit. Like, Westerners yeah. look at, uh, like, the fetishization of <laughs> Asian stuff. So I, I had no idea why this made sense. But the guy who supposedly designed Golurk was American. His name was James Turner, and he was the first Westerner to design Pokemon. So the reason why is that this guy actually might have known a Jew, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to uh, in Japan, where they definitely don't. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't realize that he was like the first Westerner to be a Pokemon designer. Yeah, in 2010, he's that. I think when he started, when he designed Pokemon for Black and White, going forward, that's that's when it started. Amazing. 
Uh, my fun fact about Golurk, I have a bunch. Please. Um, Golurk has uh, an interesting relationship to the mechanism that drives it. Oh. Uh, according to S.H.I.E.L.D., there's a theory that Golurks have perpetual motion machines inside them that, could, that make them go, that, uh, like, never die and never tire. Uh, it can also fly and turn itself into a cannon. That's so funny. I don't know if that's from Jewish lore, but it should be. <laughs> Did you know the Golem of Prague could also turn itself into a cannon? Yeah, I think maybe people would like Jews more if they thought we had an Air Force. <laughs> well. <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, my final fun fact about Golurk is it's, again, I mentioned it before, but it's classified as an artificial Pokemon, which is like the specific subset of Pokemon that were created by humans in the Pokemon world. People can just make, like, new Pokemon exist in Pokemon. Hmm. Uh, it also includes uh, Voltorb and Electrode, the Porygon line, Mewtwo obviously is a clone of Mew. Uh, it also includes Baltoy and Claydol, Cast Form, which is like made in a yeah. weather machine, uh, Trubbish and Garbodor, Genesect, Type Null, which I had never heard of until I looked it up on Bulbapedia, but I love those little niche guys that are like weirdos, you know, like a missing no, but like part of canon. Yeah, there there was a point in Pokemon games where all of a sudden they were like commentaries on man's ability to create. And I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, just use the elemental powers to take over the world, please. What if we hard pivot Pokemon into a Frankenstein adaptation? <laughs> True. Fucking true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just so people don't at me on the internet, uh, artificial Pokemon also include Banet, uh, Magiarna, Varum, and several Paradox Pokemon, which I don't know about because I have not played Scarlet and Violet. Fair. They're, it's odd. They're very odd. Can I tell you why my favorite bit of Pokemon lore? Yes, please. Is that, do you know anything about the Reggie line? Uh, the Reggie... Ice and the Reggie Steel and the Reggie Alecki, yes, which is yes. my favorite one. So basically, like, there's a bunch of different, like, you know, uh, striations of Pokemon gods. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not talking about like um, Arceus or uh, or all of, like the 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 gods of time or space. We're talking about like one level down. It's really like a multi-tiered pantheon. Yeah. That there's like major gods, minor gods, demi gods, like just kind of legends, but not really gods. Right. It's it's very. Uh, plentiful for something that also has a Christian Jesus in it. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then Tom, and Tom Bombadil is there as well. Yeah. Um, so the Reggies were actually, speaking of like artificially constructed Pokemon, so Reggie Gigas created mm -hmm. all the other Reggies. He built them. Okay. <laughs> He's just like, oh yeah, we're going to fucking put you together, my man. It's like very much this like, uh, I guess, New Testament sort of like creation myth. You know, oh, yeah. it's really odd. It's really odd. And I just want someone at Game Freak to sit down and be like, what the fuck did we make? It's just like a, it's an exquisite corpse of a world of world building that I just love so much. It, if you want to be two Jews that have a Pokemon <laughs> podcast talking about Golurk. No, let's really talk about <laughs> yeah, it because sure. there's something about the Golem myth that says like the power to create and to protect yourself can be wrought from the earth with your own hands. Mm -hmm. In a way that the Arceus myth says creation is my domain. Right. You know what I mean? Like there, there's something that like really gives power back to the people in a, in a radical way, which is what the Golem myth is all about. Yeah, there's something really funny about Arceus, especially now that Arceus is like your boy in the mm -hmm. um, Pokemon Legends series. Like Arceus, oh, yeah. uh, Arceus used to be very like 
abstract as well as like Giratina and like the really high up god Pokemon yeah. where it's like they just show up they're they're devastating they're incredibly scary you, you only you get can there. only find them in like a special pocket dimension that exists specifically to encounter them right exactly but now RC is like is like what's up my man I just isekai'd you I'm also your phone how's it hanging like he turned into <laughs> Jesus that like Jesus and Arceus are your friends and I find yeah. that deeply interesting alongside the thing you just said of like being able to build Pokemon alongside like when you think about intelligent design and that there is a god that created everything which is Arceus it's like Arceus was trying to create Magmar <laughs> you fucking weirdo <laughs> like that's really wild that like if we apply the same idea that like uh, God created humans and everything here and knew what she was doing by creating humans. Like, was Arceus trying to intentionally allow humans to create Pokemon or is Arceus only allowed to create whatever weird guys that Arceus wants? Uh, I want you to imagine. I'm going to paint you a word picture. Sure. Ready? Uh, there's a bunch of teens, Pokemon trainers, hanging out on a, on a beach mm -hmm. in Cinnabar Island. They come across a magmar. They throw down, start roasting it, making fun of its butt face. Arceus <laughs> comes out of the Arceus <laughs> comes out of the clouds and says, "Yo, dude, I made him in my image. Lay off." Hey, dog, turn the other cheek. <laughs> Flamethrower. Quit it. Let he who has not had a butt face cast the first stone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Misha, that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> the thing I want to talk about, though, is about the golem myth, because I just talked yeah. about this on Spirits lately, and I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of, like, what constitutes a golem? And I think that there's only, there's a few tenants that need to be met, and I don't think that Golurk touches it, but I think it's because Golurk is trying to be everybody's, like, artificial protector at the same time. Um, because a golem has to be, one, created, so Golurk has that, two, by someone to protect, but three, to protect a disenfranchised group by a powerful majority. Yes. And although Golurk does that, that third one, like, ostensibly, in that he protects other Pokemon, uh, Golurk protects trainers who have them. Yeah, he sort of protects, like, abstract the downtrodden. Right, yeah, but it's also kind of like, meh, I don't know if you can have one. You don't get to say, like, oh, if you pull the strap off, it freaks out and destroys villages without saying it was protecting that village specifically because it needed it. I feel like we're yeah. missing that one specific detail, but I think it's because they kind of touched on a lot of different things. Um, there are so many inspirations that I that I, I was digging into, like the the terracotta soldier you said, the Roman soldier, which I thought was really great. But also because it was New York City, we're also talking about the Statue of Liberty, which is why it's kind of colored that right. way. Right. And so you, you said it was made of iron. I because it's Statue of Liberty based, I thought it was made of copper. Right. Because well, I think that might have been what they were alluding to, and I don't know if specifically I just said iron. But is it, it's made of pokey flesh. It's made, don't worry it's made of it. weird pokey flesh. But also. Um, because it can go at mock speeds, we're kind of talking about a Voltron, right? Yeah. So we also have mecha anime uh, layered on top of it. It's Japanese uh, robot well, as also, well. Also, the original, yeah, and the original name for Voltron in Japanese was Go Lion. Oh, that's pretty tight. So that's Go. There you go. It comes at, like, there's a lot. It's trying, I think this design is really smart because it's everything to everyone. And a lot of different people can claim that it's their 
robotic or artificial protector, and I really like that. That is very, very cool. And Mammal Swan's like a fucking mammoth dog. Yeah, you, <laughs> That's you, pretty cool. You, you want a free fun fact about Mammal Swan just because I thought this was neat? I do. Okay. Uh, the fact that Mammal Swan is ground type is probably a reference to permafrost, but also uh, it might be a reference to Russian, where the word mammoth comes from. Ooh, okay. Which originally comes from the Mansi word, which is indigenous Russians, the Mansi words for earth and horn. Let's go. Shout out to all my linguists out there. <laughs> Let's go. So that's a fun fact about Mammoth Swine. Yeah, dude, it's a fucking mammoth. Uh, it's, uh, it's been encased in ice for 10,000 years, and part of that ice is its tusks, which are affixed to its chest, like Madonna. I love that. Uh, <laughs> There's also something about, like, I th- wonder if they kind of made this Pokemon around specific moves. Like, this one, uh, like, Golurk specifically has, like, a, a, a punching move that is, like, only good mm. for them and is, like, one of the very... There are so many different punching moves. I think it's, like... I can't remember what it is, but I'm making my hand like go down, like bop yeah. down at the elbow. But then I think that like Ice Fang was like made for Mammal Swan yeah. as like a physical move. It has ice tusks. That's what it's for. Well, I and I love when they do that. Like I, I'm pretty partial to uh, I know I have an episode of What's Your Favorite Pokemon where I talk about Bulbasaur, but I also really love a Cubone Marowak line mm. and they have Boomerang and like that's. Only Marowak would have that. So, like, I love a Pokemon move that only one has. Yes. No, I agree. I think... Also, Bonerang is awesome. It's dope. Uh, I could have a whole second episode talking about Marowak, but I won't. <laughs> um, hey, Eric. Yeah. If you and Golurk and Mamoswine were in real life and super good buddies, what would you do together? This is a great question, because I have distinct things I would do with both of them. The first is I would ride Mamoswine around everywhere. <laughs> Just busting on through. Just truly busting on through with Mammoth. Bust on through the snow, bust on through the bank, bust on through the coffee shop line. I'm just busting on through traffic, and everyone just needs to get out of the way. Um, but then with Golurk, I would um, go to space, <laughs> because he okay. can go at my speeds. Well, honestly, I think with Golurk, I would be like a Batman-style vigilante. <laughs> okay. I think it would be fun of being like a little human with like my big, my big lad. Um, also... Uh, Golurk was in the Detective Pikachu movie, so I do know yes. what it looks like rendered in r- lifelike uh, 60 FPS. <laughs> so I think it would be pretty cool. It'd be super spooky. I just had a vision of you on its back flying through the sky like Hero and Baymax from Big Hero Six, yes, where you're just like on its back pointing out crime. Yeah, that's what Incredible. I would do. <laughs> that's what I would do. Yeah, you nailed it. Okay, what would all three of you do together? Oh, what else? I uh, we would have a, a ground type gym. <laughs> That's what we would do. (laughs) And if you want to know more about Eric's ground type, Jim, you might just have to listen to the multi-career exclusive podcast, Head Heart Guy. Now, did I spend $100 on a commission? Yes, I did. Does that affect how (laughs) well I did? No, it doesn't. Not even in the slightest. Not even a little bit. They were just like, cool, (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) The dice tell a story, Eric. I know. There is an image of, if you, I mean, it's my my Twitter image, and I think my image on a lot of of my Discord stuff. It's so good. Is me as. As, uh, as a ground type gym, where like the my gimmick is that you gotta play like Mario Kart, uh, which is very fun, and you it's, it'll be like double dash style where you put your Pokemon on your back and yeah. it can you do attacks. Um, but I yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's really pretty. Shout out to Bromo Jumbo wherever you are. <laughs> Thinking of you wherever you are. <laughs> Shout out um, to the artist who had some time to draw me with some cool Pokemon. <laughs> and now is the second part of the show. What? Where we say something nice about what? you. What? What are you talking about? Eric, we have gathered. No! I, it, it's not just me who's going to say something nice about you, Eric. 
It's a bunch of people. <laughs> I had no idea this was going to happen. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? Oh, Misha, be- Misha's presenting and just showing me audio. Oh, no. Eric, welcome to the part where we say something nice about you. Oh, my God. My favorite Pokemon Ninetales can be a basic bitch. And in all the best ways, Eric Silver can also be a basic bitch. He likes to go to the beach, day drink, have a white claw, get his toes done. He doesn't like ranch, but he's always down to have a good time just like Ninetales. You're just like Gyarados because Wired's John McSmire and I would describe you as a classic powerhouse. <laughs> and in an alternate universe where friendly podcasters were called Pokemon, IGN would call you one of the most powerful Pokemon ever encountered. Look, Eric's got Oddish vibes. I mean, he loves frolicking through a field and bathing in the moonlight. And honestly, that's about the extent of my Pokemon knowledge, thanks to my deeply unsuccessful attempt at playing Pokemon Silver on my Game Boy Color back in the early 2000s. I just couldn't figure out how to cut down that one special silly little tree blocking my path and I immediately retired. You know who would have gotten me out of that struggle? Eric, because he's real good at helping when you ask, and he's even better at cutting down trees. Like Pikachu, my twin brother Eric bonds well with others, connecting with friends, coworkers, and listeners of his podcasts. Eric shares Pikachu's adventurous spirit as he loves exploring Brooklyn and finding the best beer and food. Is my brother's favorite Pokemon Pikachu? I didn't know that. <laughs> Pikachu's encounters with legendary Pokemon keeps fans on the edge of their seats. Similarly, Eric is always looking for new creative opportunities and collaborations, which make his podcast engaging and exciting. Happy birthday, Eric. I think that you're like my favorite Pokemon, Smeargle, because you're so artistic. And also, you won't stop painting on the walls. Stop painting on the walls. Okay, Marquez. (laughs) Hello, it's me, Brandon. You know that my favorite Pokemon is Gengar. Why do you say Pokemon? (laughs) But true fans know that my other favorite is Meryl. The little squishy blue guy who's just the gosh darn cutest. Now, you are not a little blue mouse friend, but you do have some things in common with Meryl. Meryl's ears are sensitive and can detect distant sounds. <laughs> Get it? Like podcasting. Meryl's tail is flexible and configured to stretch, just like how you're able to adapt yourself to all situations and make the best of them. Meryl never gets cold after swimming in cold water, and True. you too are always overheated. True. <laughs> and finally, the bobble at the end of Meryl's tail is filled with a lighter-than-water oil that acts as a buoy, just like you are the buoy that keeps us all afloat. You also learn rain dance at level 27. That's true. <laughs> Happy birthday, Eric. Happy Taurus season. Amanda Raltz here to Raltz, tell Raltz. you about my favorite Pokemon, Raltz. Uh, shocker. I want to share with you an excerpt from a Reddit post titled, I Hate Ralts. And this excerpt reads, it's been more than one hour. I'm trying to find and capture a female Ralts. And my Torchic is already a combuskin from training so much while searching for Ralts. First, I think you have something in common with Ralts because you both like to make Reddit bros angry. And that's True. delightful. Second, Ralts has a 4% chance of appearing in Route 102 in the Hoenn region. And like Ralts, you are 1 in 25. No, you, you know what I mean. I'm just making a joke. But I think that it's really rare and special to find friends who keep me feeling inspired creatively and grateful for the work that we both get to do. I'm constantly in awe of your constant creativity and all the crazy games you make up. It's just delightful to bear witness to your brain working. 
finally, the thing that you have in common with Ralts is that you are both weak to poison. <laughs> Happy birthday! Just like my favorite snowy fox, you like to run with your pack. You have a lot of great friends that you've made over time, and you stay loyal and true to them. And I know all of us appreciate that greatly about you. Plus, you adapt to a lot of different situations and always know how to have a great time. No matter who you're hanging out with or where we are or what challenges we're facing along the way, you know how to make any time with you exciting. And I think that's pretty neat. Much like our canine, you are magnificent. People are enchanted by your mane, a.k.a. your great beard and great hair. And while some people might not consider you a legendary, you are literally a legend. It's Arcanine's the legendary Pokemon. I mean, that's its title. And you, my friend, are legendary. What's up? Happy birthday to my good friend Eric Silva. I am going to pick a Pokemon for you, which is a little bit left field and only really sums up one of your personality traits, but I think it's an important one. So I'm going to go ahead and say that you remind me of Hound Doom. Now, I know that probably seems like a bit of a stretch because how is Fuzzy cuddly, amazing, hilarious Eric Silver, like Hound Doom. Well, let me tell you, because Hound Doom, when I used to play Gold and Silver, was the most reliable Pokemon that I had. I mean, this guy, I would throw him out in the most dire situations, and he would just hang on. He doesn't have a whole lot of uh, weaknesses. He's got quite a few immunities. He is an absolute baller of a Pokemon, and uh, was absolutely essential to my survival. And that's the way that I view Eric. He is absolutely essential to my survival as both a person and a creator. Eric is there for me, so reliable, always there with a smile and willing to offer up in any way that he can. So thank you very much for being there for me uh, for all this time. And I'm very excited for next stage of Jasper and Eric shenanigans. Happy birthday, Eric, my husband. It's, it's me and Amanda, your wife. I know we're the only ones who podcast together, but I had to get in on this to let you know that you are just like my favorite Pokemon, Eevee. You are adaptable and adorable and sweet and fierce and the friendliest Pokemon out there, but also one that I would choose to be at my side no matter what life throws at me. You uh, collect great things like my Eevee True. Pokemon buddy does in Pokemon Go, and you also come through no matter what the situation calls for. I'm so lucky to have you at my side and I would choose nobody else to be my let's go partner with out in the world. I love you. Happy birthday. I just want to point out that it's pretty it would be pretty cool for twins because my brother is Pikachu and I'm Eevee and that works out pretty well. Hey, let's That's go. Pretty good. Let's go. The Let's Go series is uh my mom birthing us. <laughs> let's go Pokémon Silver. There but it Silver's is. your last name. That's pretty good. Uh hey, hey Misha, yeah. I was not expecting that at all. That's wild. Fucking bet you weren't. Oh my god. Happy birthday, Eric. Thanks, bud. This is so this is so nice. Wait, should we do a list about all of the all the people who <laughs> yeah, said do you want to give a shout out to all of those people who sent stuff real quick? I don't know some of their names. <laughs> I would love to give a shout out to all of my friends: Hetty, Megan, Nara, Tyler, Marquez, Brandon, Ralts, Jeff, Julia, Jasper, and Amanda. Pretty nice, pretty nice and cool. Pretty nice, but. There is still one person who has yet to say something nice about you. Griffin McElroy's here? Uh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Griffin McElroy impression. And then I shove an amiibo in my mouth. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's me. I have to say something nice oh, about Misha. you. Eric, we all know. 
that you are wildly creative. It pours out of you, and you have this love, not just of storytelling in games, but design that merges mechanics with narrative in ways that don't feel overbearing. You are the king of this. And I know that because we literally made a game together where we do that. True. Uh, <laughs> buy Clear Eyes Full Hearts now on itch.io. Uh, <laughs> we'll put it in the episode description, yeah. But give us $10. Give us $12. <laughs> but it's the confidence with which you believe in these ideas that really marvels me. Maybe it's just that I hang out with small neurodivergent queer people all day. But whenever they complain to me about the creative woes, it's always, oh, maybe my ideas are bad, actually. But whenever you do it, it's always, why don't these idiots love my great ideas? (laughs) And and I don't know why they don't, Eric, but they should, because they're really good. Oh, that, Misha, that was fucking tight. That was good. (laughs) I, like, it's just... Such a pleasure to work with and for you every day on the wild shit that you let me do for my job. And um, I love you very much. And I really hope you have a wonderful happy birthday. Thank you, Misha. I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) How do you feel? Live reactions right now. (laughs) This, I mean, this is really nice. Um, Isn't it funny? And maybe this is about podcasting, the fact that like I live in New York City and you live in L.A., Vaguely, but you don't like work in Hollywood, right? I'm it's trying, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, I guess I mean, it's mandatory if you live out there for sure. Yeah. But it's like, there's a thing where I do, I wasn't anticipating that, like, even though we work in like media and creation, and like, I don't necessarily say that podcasting is entertainment because then I think we stumble into the movies category. Yeah. But there's a thing where like the people who do this stuff are like quieter. The thing you said, right? They're like yeah. quieter, like, uh, anxious yeah. in a way that like I don't that is not like me that I wasn't anticipating um, coming into this because I thought more people were going to be like me maybe this is like a pre-COVID thing where like you know there's a certain level of performance that's with mm-hmm. some of the stuff that we do that I really love and I really love to do and I, I like doing and I, I love doing the live shows at the various places for the various shows that we do and it's like it does make me feel it makes me feel like I stand out a lot in a way that like I thought it was positive to be quick and loud and and stick to your guns and speak truth to power in a way that I wasn't anticipating so many people having an issue with and pushing back on. Yeah. That we, do, we certainly live in interesting times to try to speak truth to power. I'll say that. Yeah, I thought that was the point, right? The, like, I think power so, too. Has never been, power has never been more vulnerable. It's like, you know, the people who are telling me to, to, to be quiet aren't the people in power. They're the people around who don't like that someone's being loud. And that's what yeah. I, I find deeply confusing about the world in which we live in right now and that I find myself in turning 31 and going to 32. Um you know, like, I spent so much of my life being, like, having just such g- absolute garbage self-esteem while also doing creative stuff. And now I'm like, what the fuck is everyone else's problem? And That's wild. It, I, d- I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely, like, around in college. You know, like, I was setting up, like, this NYU Slam poetry team, and we ended up being, like... Uh, we ended up winning a bunch of collegiate champions, but I was like the president and the one putting it all together. I wasn't even like performing yeah. necessarily because there were like there were people who were like talent, and like I ended up being like the second alternate, but also I was managing at the same yeah. time. And I thought that that's all that I had, which is also why I like making games for other people. It's like I don't need to be the talent necessarily, but at the same time, it's like I thought we valued this. You know, I thought don't you need you need a man? You need someone to make the game before you can play the game. Yeah. But also, like, you can't help but being the talent because the talent is just so 
there and it you it's it bubbles out of you and you have to give it to somebody you have to give it to the people yeah, around you i know i just it's it, what i'm saying is these are interesting times to be in eric silver right now and it just yeah. felt it felt nice having unmitigated uh nice things being said to me like this so i like that <laughs> well i'm i'm here with you uh cuz i think your shit is cool and good and i think the world wants needs and deserves it mm. uh eric silver tell us where we can find you on the internet <laughs> well you can continue to listen to this podcast and uh, and recommend it to other people is what i would yeah. suggest but yeah just continue to listen to my other shows and tell people that i'm good at it i think honestly that's what i am asking from listeners uh because also our listeners are quiet people who don't necessarily post about this on social medias which is fine because social media is terrible um yeah but yeah go out and tell people i'm good at this is what I, my birthday present to me in public or in semi-private you know like don't just do it in private do it in, in semi-private or public is what i be a wonderful present to me this is your call to action actively tell people don't just don't just try to sneak in opportunities actively find and seek out opportunities to tell people Eric Silver is good at games and good at podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Because he is, and more people should know about it. Thank you. You can find me here at Games and Feelings. You can find me on Join the Party, being the best DM in podcasting. Or you can find me at Tell Me About It, uh, which is fucking tight. I love doing Tell <laughs> Me About just, It. It's so much fun. It's just so wild. But like the, all of the parts of it, like you don't think they'd come together, which is why it's so hard to describe to people, but it really comes together in such a funny way. I just think that there are layers to it. I think people are trying to, to digest all of it at the same time. And I think yeah. that like it makes sense if you just like read it in sentences. It's like, okay, it's a game show about your favorite things, right? It's like Taskmaster, where a multi-billionaire makes people do things. And then the third one is Improv legend Adel Rafai forces people to tell him why their favorite thing is better than the movie Grease. Yeah, it's like coming on and having an, like a nice conversation with your buds about your favorite thing, only it's mandatory and there's incredibly high stakes if you don't. Yeah, exactly. You just get put thrown into the shark pit. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can find me if you choose to do so do on it. the internet. I'm still on Twitter at Misha, etc. because uh, I can't figure out where else to go. If somebody wants to tell me where to go, I will probably be there at Misha, etc. Misha, can I can I give you a little bit of peace of mind about Twitter? Yeah. I am convinced that Elon Musk is going to sell this by twenty sometime in 2024, Twitter. And I think it's going to come back in at least the way that Tumblr bounced back. I do think okay. it's going to happen on Twitter. I really do. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, well, find me there and other places at Misha, et cetera. You can also find me editing this podcast and Pale Blue Pod and Exolore and uh, so many others for the Multitude Constellation And podcasts. tell me about it. Co-create. And, and we're co-creators. We co-created we it. We did. It's our baby together. <laughs> and I also do all of the wild sound design. Whenever Adel says something, I have to make it real. It's so funny. And he funny. sure says a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, though. Um... Thank you so much for joining me here today on your podcast. Uh, I Here's the keys back. Sorry I broke into the office. No, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> please don't fire me. No, no, no. And as we say at the end of every episode of What's Your Favorite Pokemon and then say something nice about you, I choose you. Friendship. Get 
Games and Feelings is produced by Eric Silver and edited and mixed by Misha Stanley. The theme music is Return to French Toast Castle by Jeff Bryce, and the art was created by Jessica Boyd. Find transcripts for this episode and all episodes at our website, gamesandfeelings.com. Until next time, press X to enjoy the podcast.